everyone, I'm Margie Alanese, and this is Farm Her Talks. Thoughtful conversations to connect and inspire the farm her in all of us. This episode is sponsored by Nationwide. As you all have heard me say, everybody eats, and we all know that all food starts on the farm. This week, we're jumping into a conversation about farmers helping farmers. Sometimes life doesn't go as we expect, unfortunately, more often than um, we would hope for, right? And so things happen, things change, and we have to adjust. And in rural communities, many times farmers jump in and help other farmers when they need it the most. And so we have been um, telling some stories recently about situations where, unfortunately, really tough things happened. Um, You know, farmers were um, in tough situations and their families were left in tough situations and they were maybe battling illnesses and um, they needed some help. And their community, their community of farmers jumped in and helped them out. And it is an amazing thing to see when the community pulls together like that. And it is just something worth sharing, right? It's something good in the world. And like I will be talking about, these are not situations that anybody ever wants to find themselves in. But unfortunately, it's just life. And so we're going to be telling this really great story about farmers helping farmers here up next on Farm Her Talks. And we are here on Farm Her Talks with Taylin Avar. And if you have followed Farm Her at all in the past, if you've seen the TV show or our pictures or blogs, then maybe you remember um, meeting Taylin through Farm Her. But just as a general introduction, I'm going to paint a picture of when I met Taylin. So we uh, go back a number of years here. I can't even remember how many I've been doing Farm Her for somewhere in the neighborhood of eight years now. And early on, when I would find the time to photograph and I would be able to, you know, get away uh, and have my mom come help with the little kids, I would try to photograph as much as I could when I would have those times. And so I was going down to Southern Iowa to photograph something and I kind of put it out there on Facebook, which maybe wasn't the the most recommended way to be like, hey, here I am, everybody. Uh, Anyone want to come meet me and show me their farm? But I ran into uh, a woman named Shannon Ebersol. She connected with me through Facebook. I met up with her at I think like a Casey's in um, right off the right off the interstate in Southern Iowa, and I went and followed her around uh, her farm ranch that day in Southern Iowa. And as I was getting ready to leave, she was like, "Hey, I know somebody else that I think you should meet." And she drove me to the field where Taylin and her grandma were um, working. So I met Taylin like right there on the spot and. I think I climbed in the tractor with you, and that's where this story begins. So, Taylin, welcome to Farm Her Talks. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, maybe you remember that a little different than I do that day. It seems like so long ago, but I just remember showing up in that field. There was trucks moving. There was, you know, a combine running, and your grandma was running the combine. You were running the tractor, pulling the grain cart, if I remember right. And I don't know how old you were at that time. Do you, do you remember? 
I was 22. Okay, at I know. The time. I knew you were young. I I just remember thinking these women are completely awesome. They are like tearing it up out here. <laughs> and um, I didn't get a chance to meet Big Jim that day, but I knew he was there in the periphery working as well. So that's that's how we met. Um, and then you know, became friends on social media and, um, I got to follow along with your story from there. So let's stop a little bit and, and go back a little ways. Um, tell me about your introduction to agriculture. When did, when did you first say, Hey, I like this. I want to, you know, engage in this as I move into my adult life. Right. So, um, at a young age, I started showing cattle. I was involved in 4-H and FFA, Um, I didn't really know if I wanted to do that forever. I thought um, I was going to go to college to be a nurse. And uh, one day, Big Jim asked if I wanted to go out to Nebraska and tour feedlots out there on um, this, what they, what was called the Hat Ranch tour at the time. And I uh, loaded up and we went out there for a weekend and just seeing those mile-long feedlots out there made me completely change my whole perspective of what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And on the way back from Nebraska, I looked at Big Jim and I said, well, I think I want to go sign up for ag school. And that was the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. So I kind of changed my whole class schedule my senior year to kind of focus more on ag school. And um, then I went to Southwestern Community College in Creston for a year. Uh, College just didn't really seem my thing. I knew I wanted to farm. So in 2013, I asked Bay Jim if I could go work on the farm and the rest is history. It's almost like he knew what he was doing by taking you to that feedlot. He probably saw that you had that love of cattle somewhere along the line. Yeah. 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 So, um, so you worked with him and with your grandma there on the farm, uh, for a while. And, um, so what have some of your roles been, you know, I know you have cattle still, and I met you when you were driving the grain, the tractor pulling the grain cart, but what are some of the other ways that you've engaged over the years? So, um, pretty much just taking care of cattle, um, building fence, you know, kind of anything running. The, sometimes I got to run the combine, but I was mostly just in the grain car. Um, I mowed hay. Hay, hay mowing is definitely my favorite time of the year. Just when you're out there, you can just kind of lose track of time out there mowing hay. Um, so that's pretty much my roles then. Now they've changed, but that's pretty much what I was doing back then. Being uh, Facebook friends after we met that initial time, Um, not too long, I think after we probably met, I started, um, seeing posts from you and, um, from your grandma about something that your family was going through. And, um, I know that big Jim got cancer and you guys had a whole new battle to fight. And, and from my perspective, outside looking in, um, I would say that he fought really hard and you were right there alongside of him. Um, supporting in in the farm role, and um, there was a lot of a lot of moving parts and pieces. So, can you tell me a little bit about um, when he got sick and kind of what that looked like? So, I was farming with Big Jim for two years before he got cancer. So, I started in and you know thirteen, and you know fast forward a couple years, and um, you know something that you never think is going to happen to your family, you know, happened and. 
Bidjim got diagnosed with stage four esophageal and liver cancer in 2016. And that just kind of made everything change. You know, he was going to get treatment in Chicago every nine days for five days at a time at the beginning. So that made things like harvest and just taking care of cattle almost, you know, unpredictable on if it's, you know, even possible anymore. But we just kept plugging along. Yeah. I'm guessing that it was all hands on deck at that time. Um, and so how many years did, did he fight that battle? Uh, Bay Jim got cancer in May of 2016 and passed away April of 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, from, from the outside looking in, you guys had a, a tough battle there to fight and, um, these things, like you said, are never the things that you think are going to happen to your family. Um, so after he passed away, um, there you were, it was April. And so talk to me a little bit about what the farm looked like at that point. Like you guys were facing a whole lot of things. You know, he passed away. It was right during calving season, you know, we're getting geared up to plant. Um, and then, you know, so we got, we got done, we got through calving, we got, you know, our little bit of row crop acres that we had planted and then, you know, things started to get lined up and we were having, having to have a machinery sale. And, uh, we had that in August of 2018. Yeah. And that was part of the plan, right? Um, as, as you guys were planning with big Jim of what it was going to look like after that, it was, you know, sell, sell this machinery and move on from this piece of the farm, right? Yes. He, he asked, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, I just, I just want to raise cattle. That's it. And so he said, you know, keep this, sell this, keep this and, uh, keep everything to raise those cattle. And and that's what we did. Okay. So Taylin, you guys obviously have, have gone through so much and so much change. Um, but you know, as you were going through all of this, um, and you know, big Jim was fighting that battle and you guys were trying to do that alongside of him and keep the farm going. Let's talk a little bit about some of the ways that maybe you were able to get help from other farmers. You know, this is something that we see a lot when, when a farmer is down, farmers come in and they help. Right. And so I know that you got some help during harvest while Big Jim was um, fighting this battle. Can you tell me a little bit about what happened? Right. So as I said before, um, Big Jim was going to the Cancer Treatment Center of America in Chicago every nine days for five days at a time at the beginning of his journey. And uh, my grandma would post Facebook updates, you know, trip number, whatever, to the CTCA and give a little update about, you know, what they were going to have done and then, you know, how, how the treatment went and, and whatever. Um, so it was in late October, grandma had post, um, that they, both of them had got down in the back and harvest just kind of seemed to be dragging on. Um, and they were getting ready to ship out to, uh, Chicago again. Um, it was maybe a few days later, I got a phone call from a local family, Doug and Darla Sabatka, um, asking kind of, you know, how big Jim was doing, um, how harvest was going. And if I kind of knew how many acres we had left, I really didn't know why they were asking me this until they said, well, we were thinking about having a harvest day just to, 
you know, knock a few hundred acres out if you want to come over and look at a plat book and point out what farms are left so we can kind of get a number on acres and, you know, we can just go from there. So I, I went to Doug and Darla's and I thought it was a great idea, but I said it was ultimately, you know, Grandma and Big Jim's decision on, you know, if we were really going to have this harvest day or not. At that point, I'm guessing you all were feeling like you were drowning a little bit, right? And in life and in trying to get through the things that you needed to do for harvest. So I'm sure that felt really welcome. Um, So were Big Jim and your grandma open to it then? Yeah. So Darla called my grandma while they were out in Chicago and pitched the idea to them. And my grandma was, you know, all for it. But Big Jim was a pretty proud man. So it took him a little bit to get on board. Um, but once he got on board, you know, and we got the green light, Darla post, uh, made a post on Facebook and it just kind of went from there and just word of mouth. We really had no idea on what that, what the turnout was going to be. We just thought maybe a couple, couple farmers would show up with, you know, some tractors, a few semis, and we really didn't know how, how big the turnout was going to be. Yeah. And um, so it was coordinated, but you still were kind of in the dark as to how how many people would show up. Tell me a little bit about what happened. Like how many people did show up? You know, how many acres were you able to harvest with the help of your community? We were hauling everything to town, to the elevator. Mm-hmm. So we called up in advance to let them know that there's going to be maybe a few semis um, coming coming up you know, selling grain and Ralph Farms name and this is why. And yep. they actually decided to shut down a whole pit for just us. So we had that already lined up. And then that when that day came, November 5th of 2016, uh, we were just kind of waiting, didn't know how many people were going to show up. And one by one, they started popping over the hill on the highway and when it was all said and done, there was 17 combines, 17 tractors, and 20 semis, and we were able to harvest 528 acres to complete our 2016 harvest in one day. That is absolutely amazing. It makes me tear up because the way you described it with them just coming over the hill, I can like picture that. And that's a lot of combines. That's a lot of trucks, right? Yeah. And when, you know, when you're moving that much grain, just having, you know, the elevator shut down that pit for us. So the semis could stay caught up, just made everything flow so much easy. And, you know, there was the local tire guy was out fixing any repairs and, you know, the local fuel, fuel truck was out there filling up if anybody needed fuel and, people were bringing us lunch and they're all the, all the combines had American flags on them. And that's probably one of the most memorable pictures in my head was seeing everything lined up and the flags just waving in the wind. It was such a beautiful day out that day and it's memorable. And there's no words to actually describe, describe harvest day. Yeah. So your community came together, farmers helped farmers and it sounds like um, beyond just farming, you know, the, the ag community, the ag business community really came together as well. So all those relationships that you guys um, have that are, that are important, you know, to making business work um, came together. And, and I just love this um, that people chipped in. So were your grandma and Big Jim home at the time of that harvest day? Yes. So grandma and Big Jim got home the day before that mor- the morning before harvest day. 
And, um, you know, that whole day, they, Jim and I just spent getting everything ready, you know, opening some fields up for people to park machinery and just getting kind of everything geared up and getting our fuel barrel hitched on and, you know, making sure our combines were ready to go. And grandma and I were in a combine during harvest day and big Jim just set and I think was in complete shock the most, the most part of the day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And did, did you get a chance? I mean, being a, a proud man, right. Did he, did he vocalize what that meant to him ever? Or is it just something that you know that, um, meant so much to him? Right. So there was a moment that big Jim and I, I'll never forget this. We were standing in the middle of the highway, just watching, you know, watching th- these combines and, and tractors and semis roll in and big Jim didn't really say much, but uh, the tears in his eyes definitely said enough. So Taylin, if there was one takeaway from the harvest day, um, something that you're really grateful for, what would that be? Uh, that we had more time to spend with Big Jim without the stress of harvest. And you never realize how valuable time is until, you know, somebody gets sick with an illness and their time, you know, is ticking and you just never know. So I feel like just having the time to spend with him was something that my family was the most grateful for. Um, It's an amazing thing, I'm sure, to stop and look at your life that you've spent in a community surrounded by, you know, friends, family, um, and, you know, the extended community and to know that they'll show up, right, when you need it. So um, that says a lot about a person, too. So, well, it's it's an awesome story. Um, not one that you ever want to have to have. Right. And I'm so sorry that your family went through this, but I'm glad that your community was there to help. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now, Taylin. Uh, do you, I, I know when we visited you, uh, a little while after big Jim had passed away, you had cattle and, um, you had that building that you had built as well for the feedlot part of it. So What's going on now? What, is, what does farming look like for you now? So right now I have downsized my herd to 80 head of cattle. I am calving at the moment. So that's a pretty exciting time for me. <laughs> um, I did some custom feeding um, in, the, in my feedlot, which, which was a big learning, learning experience for me. And that's, that's about all I got. Do some custom mowing every now and then. Yeah. So what would you say from um, that first trip to that feedlot with Big Jim in Nebraska uh, through all that you've been through um, with, you know, uh, the illness and the the row crops and all the different farming and the cattle? What would you say the biggest lesson that you've learned about yourself is? Because you're you're still a very young woman, right? Like you you've got so much ahead of you, but I can only imagine what all you've learned. What would you say the biggest thing is? Uh, to not be scared to ask for help. I feel like I am a little like Bay Jim. Uh, I, I hate asking for help. Um, when he got diagnosed with cancer, he one of his phrase lines was, figure it out, I'm not always going to be here. So I did learn a lot in the two years that I did have with Bay Jim while he was battling cancer and we were farming together, I did learn a lot, but I, I just didn't have enough time. So uh, when something breaks down, I don't always know how to fix it, but I just almost hate asking for help. 
So that's that's probably the one thing that I've learned is to ask for help and it's okay to need help. Yeah, we all do at some point in some way and in, in some form, right? But but it is hard. It, it is. You want to figure it out yourself. Um, but kudos to you for realizing that because I think our journey can be a little bit easier when, when we know we have the help of community around us. So, um, so that's good. Um, so here's kind of maybe a tough question, but maybe not. Uh, what, what would you hope for the future of, of your operation of what you're doing with your cattle and, um, farming for you? I would hope, you know, to get it back up to, you know, 200, 300 head of cattle someday to have my feedlot full year round. Um, I just, I love raising cattle. Row crop is good, but it, it just seems really unpredictable and yeah. a, and a gamble, I guess cattle is too, but that's, that's my goal is to get my cattle numbers back up and to, you know, be a really successful, um, feedlot producer. Yeah. Well, good for you. I always think it's really important to put those goals out there. So while it's like a tough question sometimes, right. To, to say that, I think it's really important. So, um, good for you. Well, Taylin, thank you so much for sharing, your journey. And for anybody that wants to see a little bit more about Taylin, you can see clips of her story on our YouTube channel for Farm Her. You can uh, go back to our blog and check out a story about her and see some of the pictures, of course, as well. So um, that there's all kinds of stuff. And I have a feeling that I'm going to get to visit you again. I don't know what for or, or what it's going to be about, but so far we've, we've stayed connected this long. So, um, I hope our paths cross again sooner than later. Me too. You're welcome. Anytime. Thank you.